0: Welcome to the Well-Seasoned Librarian Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 6. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Donna and Julia from Five Feline Farm. They um, host a variety of products on their farm for sale. Pies, jams, vinegars, soaps. And they also have a podcast called Farm Chatter. I really enjoyed getting to talk to them. It was a very lovely chat and very informative as well. So hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it. And here we go, and on our way. Welcome to the Well-Seasoned Librarian Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Donna and Julia from Five, Five Feline Farm. And I'm really happy to be talking to both of you today. Thank you for being on the podcast
1: thank you
2: thank you for having us
0: now tell us where you're what part of the united states you're in and how how is it right now
2: we are in east central illinois so right in uh, the heart of the
1: midwest and it is very hot and humid and has been raining most of the day today yes
0: (laughs) oh nice well that's good a little rain's not bad though i mean
1: yeah we needed a little yes
0: Yeah, well, if you don't want any, send it our way. We can always use it in California.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I sure. I think you need some. Yes. Yeah.
0: So um, tell us, for those who are coming to the podcast who are not familiar with Five Feline Farm, tell us about the farm and what you guys do there.
1: Sure. Um, we, we started uh, at farmer's markets and um, sold produce and were beekeepers, so we had honey. And Julia is a great baker, so she does baked goods and jam. And um, we you, we make our own balms and soaps and, of course, cat toys, all kinds of different things. So, yeah. so we started that about uh, six years
2: ago um, as an outlet for excess produce and just the other kinds of creative things that we wanted to do. and. After uh, the middle of last year, um, a couple of things led to a change for us. One was um, the pandemic and needing to really kind of change how we did business. But then also, it's really tiring to set up a farmers market um, each week and right. load all of your product, tear it all down, bring it back home. So. We have a mercantile on-site now, and we moved all of our operations to an on-site store.
0: Oh, nice. And how's, yes. that, how's that worked out?
1: Uh, it, we're, we're doing very well. Um, we're about nine miles from the next civil, piece of civilization. <laughs> so uh, we didn't know if people would come out to the farm. And um, they do, we're surprised and we just keep growing. We had kind of gotten to the point at the farmer's market where you know our customer base was as big as it was gonna be because same customers, which was great, but uh, we have a whole new customer base now.
0: Yeah, I've seen the response on social media it seems to be very positive and you guys seem to interact with people quite a bit. I like to watch what you're putting out um, on a, you know, on a weekly basis and I'm always kind of jealous. I wish I could pop by and get some of this stuff. Like I saw you post <laughs> Eng- English muffins the other day and I'm like, well, I would come by and buy all of them, I think. <laughs> um, they're good. Yeah.
1: yeah, the
2: fun part about the baking and the English muffins is we have just recently been able to access a local um, mill and we can now get all organic and local flours for oh all the baked God. goods. So it just, you would not believe the change in the final product it's, it's noticeable to our customers who, you know, are just consuming. um, And, and it's certainly noticeable to me as I bake it.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I love hearing that because I'm from talking to previous guests I'm hearing more and more about people using local uh, mills and finding uh, using local produce and local mills and local flour. And that to me is so exciting because I don't think we would have seen that like 20 years ago. It's really kind no, of Yeah. Yeah. Now you produce the food on your farm, but you also mentioned the honey. Now tell us about your beekeeping and how that came about for you, and what you've kind of learned from the process.
1: Um. Actually, um, I'm a gardener. I'm the gardener part. Joy is the baker. And um, I was really interested in honeybees for pollination. And I just thought it was kind of a cool thing to be a beekeeper, you know, wear the suit and the whole thing. I just kind of thought that would be cool. And Joya wasn't really that excited about it at first.
2: Yeah, and um, I have some cousins who were beekeepers and they let us come down and help them harvest it honey um, one season. And Then we took a couple of beekeeping classes, and I really got interested in it then. So um, now I do most of the actual beekeeping. Most of it, yes, wow. um, I really, yeah, (laughs) I I really came around. Um, And the really, the thing for me that really changed was feeling secure within my bee suit that I won't get stung. If I do, it's not much. Mm-hmm. And um, just just to be with the bees, they're just fascinating mm-hmm. little creatures. Um, and then to be able to harvest the honey is just an extra bonus. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I have, I have a very small garden, nothing like what you guys have, but um, I have a backyard garden, and I love going out and watering in the morning. And watching them just crawl over everything, and sometimes if I splash water on them, they'll come like out of the flower and like glare at me, like "What are you doing?" But (laughs) they never give me a bun stung. You know, they've always been really nice to me. I just I love they're they're almost very serene. They're peaceful. It kind of calms you down to watch them.
2: Absolutely, it does. And right now, all along the garden, um, we have mint, um, apple mint, spearmint, different mints that's in full bloom and it just is buzzing and alive mm-hmm. all day when you go out there. It's really cool.
0: Now, how does that affect the flavor? Do you guys have like, depending on what you're growing, does that affect the flavor of the honey? Like when you grow mint, does it like, does it grow like affect like kind of a minty taste a little bit or?
1: Absolutely. Yes, it yes. does. It's different. It's not minty, but um, we have a lot of herbs. We have a pretty good size um, herb garden, lots of herbs all over the property. We have five and a half acres. And um, we had one year that was primarily herb, uh, pollen and nectar. And it was it was the best honey we've ever had. And it Ooh. didn't taste like herbs. It didn't taste like mint,
0: but it was just really good. Yeah, I love trying different types of honey and seeing what they taste like. It's really kind of magical to see the different colors you get and the different flavors from Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's just I like when I go to farmers market and somebody has something that's unique. I'm like, oh, I gotta try that. I got I want to do that. Yeah. Oh, I do it too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you also produce jam infused vinegar, soap, and even scones. Tell me more about, about your other products and what you've learned by creating different things.
2: Well, um, we have a lot of wild blackberries. Um, that's kind of where the jam started. And, um, that's just been a bonus because wild blackberries have such a, um, just much better flavor than tame blackberries, the big thornless ones. They're not as fun to pick. Donna, no. Donna no. does all the picking. Yes. Um, but, but then to do that jam and just have that just mouthful of pure blackberry bursting in your mouth. I love doing that and having that. So we've just been looking for any of those value-added products that we can add into our um, line of what we offer. Um, And then this year was adding the infused vinegars. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you saw that through um, a
1: gardening yes website. Yeah. I think maybe Mother Earth News. Maybe right. Maybe and so we're just like hey we can do that. All of the food that we
2: sell, um, not the produce, but all of the baked goods, jams, all of that is under a cottage food um, operation. So I don't have a commercial kitchen. We do that in the home kitchen. Right. And um, that was one of those things that is allowable under a cottage food operation. So. We are added that, and people are really um, picking up
1: on that. It's really selling well. Yeah, we, um, we also, we have about 22, I think 22 or 23 fruit trees on the property. And so right now we have peaches in the basement. We have, I've picked about 30 pounds of blackberries so far. And so we have those ready to process, and uh, we have apples and cherries and uh, red raspberries. I'm still harvesting those, and those will go into jam, and so people that come to the farm can see where the food is grown, and um, I don't know, that just really takes Mm -hmm. it up a notch, you know, the freshness, knowing the people that are growing it and picking it and processing it. I think that just really um, adds a lot of appeal to what we do. The other thing that we talked about on our podcast that released this morning
2: is being here at the farm and customers coming here, we've been able to add some additional service. So this weekend I was chatting with customers about tomatoes, we're in peak tomato season and how they like to you know, eat those. And they were talking about basil. About that time, Donna walked into the mercantile and she said, oh, would you like some fresh basil? Could go straight to the garden, snip fresh basil for them, hand it to them. And that's something that we can't provide at the farmer's market. Nice. Um, I know you picked some fresh um, salad mix for folks this weekend. Eggplant. Eggplant. (laughs) So because we're right there at the garden, I mean, the garden is next to the mercantile building it's easy to do that and provide that extra level of service.
1: And it makes me really happy to do that, to be able to just add a little bit more joy to their, uh, their food. And I don't know, I know that's, we're kind of all about food. So
0: (laughs) I know the people that garden always are very generous and like to share what they have, especially if they, if it's turning out really well, you know, people Mm -hmm. really love to share. So I think that kind of is like that. Absolutely. Yeah, especially you have something unique, you know, something like, oh, I have this certain kind mm-hmm. of mint, or, you know, it's it's always nice.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, uh, well, during the Kentucky Derby time, uh, we had people that were going to have some parties, and so, um, what is it, mint juleps? Mint juleps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... So we were able to, to, we had one one customer that came and said, I need enough mint for 10 people for mint juleps. So, so it was so cool. I could just go out and harvest it while she waited. And um, she sent a message to us and said, those are the best mint juleps I ever had. So it made me feel really good. And it makes us feel good to be able to do that for customers. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what kind of soaps do you guys produce?
1: Um, we uh, we do a lot of different ones. Now, we don't actually, we start with a soap base. It's just a lot easier to do that. I don't right. want to mess with the lye and, you know, all that. So right. um, we have cocoa butter, mostly uh, goat's milk. We do a lot of that. Oh, nice. um, we do some olive oil-based uh, shampoo bars. And um, so we just kind of started that as you know we wanted some soap for ourselves right Mm -hmm. and uh you know i like to make all the different colors and shapes and we we only use natural coloring for them and uh, do a lot of unscented some scented but uh, we've done some special order soap Mm -hmm. and that was fun to do for a special event and you know so that's just i needed something to do in the winter and that's kind of where that got started for me
0: yeah Nice. So you, hence the name of your farm, you have quite a few cats. Can you tell me about the cats that are on your farm and some of their personalities? I'm a cat lover. So I love asking this question.
2: Oh, excellent. And we love talking to cat lovers. (laughs) Um, When we first moved to the farm and to this property, we did have five cats and it kind of started as a joke. We had, um, we were installing like the new Um, internet system and the Wi-Fi router, and you have to name your Wi-Fi router. So we named it uh, Five Feline Farm, and it kind of stuck. And now we're even known as the felines. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The confusing part is people want to give us cats or think that we're a cat rescue.
0: Uh But
2: it has become a way to initiate conversation and really talk about the name and Um, how we got that name. So we've gone through different periods of time where we've had two, three, four. We do have five again now, and they range from one of the original charter cats, Thumper, who is 20 years old, and down to the newest member, Ivy, and she will be one in September. They are all either um, cats that just appeared on our doorstep um, or we've rescued from shelters.
0: Lovely. Yeah, I love cats so much. We have nine of them at home, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> Woo, you got us <laughs>
1: to Yes. Yeah, five is our limit. Yes. And um, a lot of people, we get offered a lot of cats. And, you know, they forget that we're public. And, you know, we have a thousand people offering us cats. Obviously, we can't take all the cats we're <laughs> offering. We love them. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, but we know our limit in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, what we want to manage um, well, with and healthcare and, yes, you know, we,
2: we make a lifetime commitment to them and they will live out their lives. They have it pretty good here. Yeah. They have about anything they could want for, um, but just to balance, you know, feline personalities and Our needs to be outside, be inside, um, even get away from the farm once in a while. You know, we've just decided five is is the maximum that we will take on at any given time.
0: Yeah, we didn't intend to have so many, but we people have been abandoning (laughs) them around us, and we can't say no to cats. You know, you can't just let them starve. So, I mean, we we've Mm -hmm. been taking in a lot of rescues and stuff. So, um, you have two books titled Simply Delicious and the Long Road to Market. Can we talk about that? And then there's another one I wanna speak of as well uh, that you helped one of your cats, write. Honey Becomes to the Farm.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have been a writer um, for as long as I can remember mm-hmm. and have decided to really focus on that. Um, and so combining cooking with writing, it was a natural segue into Simply Delicious. Um, that's a collection of recipes that I have developed um, for myself. They're not you know, just reprinted or anything like that. Um, and, and adding some of the stories about, because I always like to hear stories about why people cook the things they do and how they came to develop different recipes. Um, so I included that in that book uh, that was the first one that uh, I published uh, our books are self-published or as we like to refer to it five feline farm mm-hmm. press yeah nice and uh, you know <laughs> why not um, and you know you know I really don't have that desire to go the traditional publishing route um, that's not something I'm you know need for myself I'm all right. for it if other people want to do that but It's not something I care to do, so I'll just self-publish. And then the next book, The Long Road to Market, was really about our experience in um, joining a farmer's market and really joining this rural community um, and being part of that and finding a place of belonging um, in that that community. of course, then, you know, as soon as you start writing books, you have a cat on your lap. And then <laughs> cats need to write books.
0: Right.
1: So. Well, we needed a children's and book. And we
2: needed a children's And we book. had a
1: new kitten. So, and she was just as cute as oh could be. Oh my goodness. She's a doll. <laughs> and she was smart. So <laughs>
2: Yes. So we collaborated with her. Um, Donna also does um, all the photography and all the marketing for the farm. All of that social media stuff that you see is all her doing. Um, if it were up to me, no one would know we were here. <laughs> so um, she manages all of that, but also did all of the pictures, and then we collaborated um, in that children's book that we uh, had Honeybee author.
0: Now has uh, and has, it, has has being a published author gone to Honeybee's head at all? Is she, oh, she interesting on Star yes. Treatment? And-
1: It's like so many of our customers. I mean, we have five cats, but so many of our customers and we had four at the time. So all of them are in her book. Uh, They all have a small uh, part.
0: All right, Um, so this is the last question. I hope it's kind of a fun one. If the two of you could invite up to 10 people from history or current times to dinner, who would you invite and what would you serve?
2: You know, as we were reading through the questions and preparing, I love this question. It's a great question. It is a wonderful question. And, you know, we're like, all of a sudden, we can think of no historical (laughs) figures. (laughs) (laughs) There are none. But um, we decided, really, kind of at the same time, we would invite some of our family members Mm -hmm. who have passed on. And um, I'm currently working on some articles and then uh, another book about um, recipes that my mother, who has been gone for many years, and anyway, that's a whole other story. But I'm discovering her through her recipe box. Oh, nice. So we would invite her. And we would invite your grandma who I just Mm -hmm. made her spaghetti um, yesterday for a family event and your great grandma who was a gardener, uh, my grandma who was a gardener. And we would bring those family members to the table and serve them those comfort family food um, as much from the garden as we can and serve it in a upscale, beautiful way and then ask them questions, you know, about what they ate, what they liked, why they liked those things. Um, so it'd be this just enormous family dinner with laughter and questions and talking over each other and um, all of that.
0: That sounds wonderful. Love that. I really would look forward to seeing you um, publish your newest book, the one about your mother's uh, recipe cards. I that mm-hmm. sounds wonderful. I really. Yeah, that's my, right up my thank alley. You.
2: Great. Yes, I love reading your uh, articles on Medium. And, well, thank uh, you. I, yes, absolutely. So when you reached out, it was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. I told Don, I said, hey, this guy's got these cool articles. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, hopefully, I don't know how soon it'll come out, but it's it's in the
0: works. Great. I, loved, I look forward to having you on to talk about that book specifically.
2: Yeah, wonderful that would be great
0: well thank you both for being on the show and i want to also put out a pl- plug for your podcast as well um is that on spotify and um itunes it is yes
2: on, yes itunes yes. and spotify it's called farm chatter very nice and posts every monday morning so um we may have to uh, see about interviewing you yeah. for Any, our podcast
0: anytime you want anytime I'll be glad that would you. be
2: great that would be cool yeah,
0: yeah. well i will be listening yes. to farm chatter thank you very much well i want to thank you both for being on the podcast and thank you and i hope to have you on again it's been lovely talking to both of you thank,
2: thank you. you good to talk to you
0: I hope you enjoyed talking to Donna and Julia from Five Feline Farm. I really enjoyed talking to both of them and I hope to have them on the program soon again. They were lovely. Tune in next week. We'll be talking to Lisa Steele from Fresh Eggs Daily. This is a YouTube channel, a website, a series of books, and much more. She also has a TV show. She was a wonderful person to talk to and I got to learn a lot about chicken production. So please tune in next week to talk to Lisa Steele. Until then, keep cooking.